Building Dreams on the Young Money Show, where entrepreneurial dreams become a reality. All of us, at some time or another, have agonized over making a decision. Some decisions are major decisions, and also there are a lot of small decisions that we don't make, that they tax our minds, they drain our energy, they create a lot of anxiety and nervousness and mental torment because we don't take care of it. We decide not to decide, which is a decision. Hey, how are you doing? My name is Taku David and you are tuned into a brand new episode of The Young Money Show on ZFM Stereo. I am joined today by Graham Kolbeck, the man who likes to lead without a title. Graham, thank you for being on the program. Super excited to have you on here. Thanks so much for having me, Taku. It's great to be here and uh, big ups to what you're doing with the show. Thank you so much. And you know, for it's really motivating. I think for people who are in the space and people who are trying to lead, it's really great to get, you know, um, such comments from people who I, I've looked up to you for a long time now. Appreciate so it. So I really appreciate having you to the studio and I'm excited. I think a lot of Zimbabweans will be able to pick some words of wisdom from your life story and your experience. So we're excited. So for those who may not know Graham, Graham is the coach of the Zimbabwe Rugby Sevens team, the Cheetahs. And he is also a businessman in his own right, being the owner of the Mtotwe restaurant and the Republic, um, amongst other things that he's involved in, like a good Zimbabwean. So I'm sure there's a lot we can discuss. But just getting straight into it, I know this may not be exactly your side of the rugby spectrum, but recently our uh, 15s team, uh, under the Zimbabwe Goshawks is playing in the Curry Cup, the first division. You know, what does that mean for Zimbabwean rugby as a whole? As I'm sure there's quite a lot of crossovers from the skills and experience that they gain that side. I, I think it's a huge opportunity that the Goshawks um, are playing in, in the Curry Cup. That exposure against that uh, that level of rugby or that standard of rugby down south week after week um, it's you know it's a, it's a serious league and the exposure that the Zim players are getting uh, in their lead up to the World Cup qualifiers in France in uh, in June is just uh, it's huge and it's and it's big up to the Sables and Sables management and Zim rugby um, and all other stakeholders for making that happen and being able to s expose so many Zimbabweans through the Goshawks brand uh, to that level of rugby I, I I know back in the day uh, we used to be a big part of the Curry Cup. And these are first steps uh, to, to going back to that place. And uh, it, the journey will be hard and long um, to get back to that standard. But the steps that have been taken are just in, in, incredible uh, to be back in, in that competition. And I think you're one person who can speak from first-hand experience. You know, in your playing days, when you were playing sevens, you played on international platforms. I think you played against the likes of New Zealand and some of these other bigger teams. And what was the, the difference between players like yourselves who got a chance to play against some of these big international squads and some of the local players who you had to come back and share some of your experience and wisdom with. What do you really think was the difference from you getting that opportunity? Oh, I, I just think in terms of difference, um, I, I suppose being on the ground, uh, working hard, you're training with, with these other guys, um, that, ex that exposure uh, playing against those teams, there's nothing like it. Like, I use the analogy of watching cricket uh, on, on TV. When you watch a fast bowler bowl on TV, like, oh, I can face that, mm. uh, that's, that's easy. But when you see the fast bowler live, 
you're like, no, I'm not, I'm not facing that. So that exposure from being in those environments at that, that high level, the intensities, the small margins, the pressure, the, the competition, to be able to bring that back uh, to local players and, and share that with them. It's just the level, the difference in level and in, in intensity, decision-making, speed, strength, all of those things. That's exciting. And you know, we're now at a point where your team, the Sevens Cheetahs, have qualified for the World Cup, the Sevens World Cup in Cape Town in September. And they're going to be playing against, uh, who's in our pool? So pools haven't been uh, allocated yet, but uh, we'll be mixing it up with all, with all the big boys of Sevens Rugby. So uh, the likes of New Zealand and Argentina and Fiji, South Africa, Australia, all pretty going pretty well at the moment. So we'll, we'll be up against all of them. So as a coach, and you know, I love the lessons of rugby because rugby's, uh, the lessons of rugby are something that you can apply to life in general. You know, when you are preparing a team to go and play against some of the best in the world, you know, people who some of them may have even watched on TV and, and admired, how do you prepare them mentally to be able to compete at such a level? As a coach, what, how do you speak to your team to get them mentally prepared for such? Well, I think it starts with um, believing, as Zimbabweans, I think sometimes we feel that the world out there is bigger uh, than we are and other countries are always better uh, than we are. But it's man against man. When you stand against another man in the tunnel, it's a one human being man against another human being man. And, uh, and everyone makes mistakes. So instead of, um, obviously you respect your opponents and who you're going against, but to build that belief uh, and that, that mental fortitude to play against these teams um, to, uh, is to show uh, the other teams do make errors. So show video clips of mm. the other teams not doing things, not doing things well. They're so human. To, yeah. to, they're human, you mm. know. Um, when you go, uh, and, and this might be a bit crude, but when you go to the bathroom, um, you know, you use the same bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you, they're just normal human beings mm. that make mistakes, that go about their day uh, in the same way that that you go about it, and they just experienced, they just um, exposed to a different culture. So for us as Zimbabweans, is, is to is to 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 grow that belief in that yes, we're from a, a smaller country, um, but it is man against man, you know, and and it's building all those skills uh, and and everything that surrounds the game. Uh, so that you are so well equipped and prepared to go into a tournament to play against these other teams when it, it is imperfect man who sins against mm. imperfect man who sins and make mistakes um, and to build that belief is key. I like yeah. that and if you hear that it's not just about sports it's about life in general I think we Zimbabweans need to get to a point where we know that we can compete at the same level as anyone and they should be afraid of us just as much as we're afraid of them. Right? Absolutely. And you know uh, the sevens the Zimbabwean sevens the cheetahs I think out of the sports in Zimbabwe, they've been one of the sporting disciplines that, in my eyes, has been one of the most consistent, one of the most professional, one of the most well-organized. Um, what can you attribute this to? I, I think it's uh, credit is due to the management um, that has gone before us, uh, the likes of uh, Bruce Hobson, uh, Liam Middleton, um, Gilbert Nyamutsamba, uh, uh, Brasco, uh, Donald McGenji, uh, those those guys. Where because you're competing at such a higher level and you're exposed to that international game, uh, you also experience the professionalism of other teams. And because the cheaters have been exposed to that year after year in the past, uh, lots of lessons have been learned on on how to prepare 
how to be professional and structured and be able to deliver a program that lives up to um, the needs of the World Series of international competition. So the same question that you asked with playing, you know, what could I share with the local players or bring back? It's the same thing for the management. When they go overseas and they see how tournaments are run, Mm -hmm. how teams are run, how structures are done, um, it's been good for the cheaters in the past with um, lots of international exposure to be able to learn those lessons and bring them back and make sure that our program uh, is as organized and professional as possible. Now, I, I like that you've raised this and I think we need to, to tackle the elephant in the room. Um, you spoke about professional. Yeah. Uh, our cheetah side at the moment is still semi-professional, right? Um, I don't think our players get paid for, for, their, for their performances on the field. So, how do you build a professional outfit um, when we're not able to actually compensate them for, for their, their service on the field? Yeah, so I think, uh, and uh, to answer your question, it's probably the biggest uh, hurdle at the moment that we're, that we're trying to uh, overcome is to move, and the Sables are doing the same thing, is to move from am- amateurism, amateur outfits, to semi-professional, and then finally take the, the steps to go fully professional. and. Uh, my mandate as as a coach of the cheetahs and uh my legacy that i want to leave behind is to leave the program in a fully professional state how do you do that it's a it's a long journey first it starts with the individual um, being professional in your mindset it's not about money first it's about uh mindset and be, and being professional in your behavior so the way that we train the way that you carry yourself that's professional. Professional doesn't mean budget, but obviously that needs to come money-wise. Um, and there's a few ways that that we're looking at, at going about it. Obviously, um, Zimbabwe and, and the economy, certain businesses are flourishing. Certain, uh, you know, it, it is quite tough in, in general. Um, so we're approaching corporates with a, with our marketing deck and and obviously the amount of value and and exposure that we can deliver and give to give to corporates and that's a work in progress the sables are doing really really well on that front uh, they've got you know the likes of nedbank that have come on board and um, and they're doing really well so we're following in their footsteps and and taking those um, uh, taking those steps to go to go there obviously uh, we've appealed to to government and that and just really grateful for their for their efforts through the SRC um, and the funding that they get um, we've you know, we've applied uh, with letters uh, for funding obviously being a high profile team and having qualified for the Sevens World Cup and mm. a, as well as the Challenger Series, which gives us an opportunity to become a core team on, on the World Series. So I think that's another avenue that we're obviously pressing on and, and are super grateful for any and all efforts um, that, that the government are making to, to support sport uh, in Zimbabwe as you know a national identity and you know great exposure for uh, for the country and then the last thing which we're really looking to explore is and I believe this in 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 life as well is to take charge of your own destiny um, you know so so a corporate partnership is super grateful and we're pushing for that but what revenue streams can we create from the cheetahs environment mm. or an academy setup mm. you know mm. what how, how can we generate our own revenue streams through merchandise through hosting camps with the skills that we have which is obviously sevens rugby how can we pass that on but create value and generate value from that so we come become self-sustainable yeah. or at least 
partially sustainable, where, we, where we're creating our own income streams. And I think this is for all sports across them. What value, what, what value do you have? What assets do you have to offer that you can start to create revenue streams from, as well as then obviously um, uh, getting support from, uh, from the SRC and from uh, corporate. Now I hear the, the, the businessman in you there. So not just a coach as well. Uh, we did highlight on you know, some of the things that you've done in, as, as, a, as, a, as a rugby player looking at your career after rugby. And you've gone and ventured into, into business uh, with, your, with your restaurant business. And tell me, how did that come about? At what stage did you say, okay, fine, I need to look at diversifying from not just my sporting career, my passion, but I need to diversify into business. Yeah. So uh, I think I've had the entrepreneurial uh, gene in me uh, from the beginning. We were obviously at uh, at Tux University together and uh, in the same residence. And uh, uh, it, it all started there, actually. Um, uh, they used to serve dinner at 4 p.m. in the afternoon. Can you imagine? Yeah, you know? I, I remember that. I remember <laughs> Hungry students, yeah. growing students, and you get you know your res dinner at four in the afternoon, and the dining hall would close by 5:30. Mm. You know, uh, you know, guys got to eat. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, when you're studying long into the night, you got to eat. So, so there was an opportunity there. So from our our little res rooms, we started making bourbon rolls and burgers, and we'd go door to door within the residence, knocking on each door. And uh, and hand delivering and selling uh, Borovos rolls at you know at a reasonable dinner hour seven eight at night yeah. um, and that's that's kind of how it started. I moved back to to Zim to play sevens for the Cheetahs. Um, I I broke my leg and I, I didn't want to uh, get a full time job. Um, I'm one for time freedom and time flexibility. Yeah. And uh, uh, obviously with playing rugby it takes a lot of time off. So I started at uh, it used to be called Kotko Rugby Festival. Yes, yes. Uh, just with a, uh, a simple braai. I actually borrowed the braai um, and uh, bought a whole bunch of meat uh, on credit and borrowed a tent and borrowed a table. And I was on crutches. You know, I'd just broken my leg and I, you know, went about uh, starting, this, starting this food business. Um, and it's grown since then to, from then, uh, into what it is today, which is uh, Matotwi. And, you know, we're, we're selling food all over the place. Imagine you're on your deathbed, and standing around your deathbed are the ghosts representing your unfulfilled potential. The ghost of the ideas you never acted on. The ghost of the talents you didn't use. And they're standing around your bed, angry, disappointed, and upset. They say, we came to you because you could have brought us to life, they say. And now we have to go to the grave together. So I ask you today, how many ghosts are going to be around your bed when your time comes? And uh, when you started, I remember first seeing you and I would see you at almost every function and say, wow, this guy has got some hustle on him. He's on the field, he's got a cart there, they're doing the popsicles, they're doing the, the, the burgers. When you first started, did you envision the business getting to this point whereby you have, you have one of Zimbabwe's probably premier uh, pizza places and burger places did you envision it being like this i think i think it's been a journey i've always wanted to uh, look at the top of the mountain um and and envision what what could be but i've always been focused on process uh so not on outcome so process day by day uh you know sm my my saying is small steps lead up big mountains so yes have the outcome of you know restaurants and and whatever comes after that but daily focus on the daily grind the daily hustle of what you can do daily to be better than you were yesterday so focus on the small steps daily and naturally those those 
bigger pictures those big outcomes will take care of themselves so mm. that's kind of kind of yeah just day by day took it day by day did the best that i could tried to improve daily um, took the opportunities that came my way and and just been growing organically now now some people may say okay how was graham able to convert himself directly from sports into business was there any type of preparation that you had to develop for yourself to be able to be to apply yourself in business be able to balance your books be able to balance your finances did you have to prepare for that as well absolutely i think it's learning is is an ongoing journey um, and it's learning every day. I'm a big fan of reading and uh, personal development uh, with a growth mindset. Um, so always, and, and being humble. And I think when you're humble, you can ask your question. You can ask the question, how can I be better tomorrow? What can I do to be better? How can I improve myself? What can I do to learn? Um, obviously, I, I, at Tux, I did study a BCom in, in uh, hospitality okay. um, and tourism, so that helped a lot. I, so, I see, I see, I so, see that, that played so, its part. So, yeah. so, that, so that did play its part, but there are sectors that I, or certain parts of the business that I, that I don't know about. So it's about daily learning, I suppose, about reading and, and outsourcing. When you don't know how to do something, get someone who does know how to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, you can't be the jack of all trades and the king of none. Choose what you want to be king of and get other kings to do the things that you're not so good at smart man smart man graham you know i i look at you and um because i'm privileged to know a little bit of your history i understand that you've always been you've always held leadership roles you've held you know you were high school prefect your rugby captain your zimbabwe rugby captain now your zimbabwe coach i think you've always um been in a leadership position were you are leaders made or are leaders born Oh, to go with the thing was a big question. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's something that's in you, but I think uh, in terms of nature, um, but I think it is something that can definitely be be nurtured. Uh, so nature versus nurture, um, a, a bit of both, I would say. Where um, yes, you might you might have an inkling for it or, or the character uh, for the leadership, but you can always uh, develop into a leadership, and you don't have to be the president of the country to be a leader or the leader in business. You can be the leader of your life to take control of your life or a leader mm. of, a, of, a, um, of a group at church, of your small uh, group at church or a small a small team or the leader of your household, mm. you and your wife. Everyone's, everyone can be a leader. Everyone is a leader and should be a leader. How do you develop that? I think it's daily, daily growth, uh, reading into being, having that growth mindset of reading and wanting to be better and, and not uh, believing that uh, what you are is what you are. It's what you can what you can be through reading, studying, speaking to uh, other people. Uh, I go back to humility to say, how can I be better? What can I do mm. differently uh, to, to lead, uh, to be a better leader, to be a leader of, of myself first? It always starts with yourself. You have to lead yourself. So everyone is a leader. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just varying degrees, I suppose. That's, that's brilliant. And, and you know, there's something I'm super passionate about, uh, Graham, and I think you're doing quite well in that regard, is the aspect of giving back. I think um, this country is so lucky to have so much talent that is in the country that's scattered all around the planet. Yeah. And I think if we can all give back, we'll yeah. find a way to give back to the country. You know, we'll be able to develop a much better yeah. place. So just share with the people how you're giving back in your own way. To, to sport in Zimbabwe or Zimbabwe just in general. Yeah, I, I'm glad you you touched on that, Tucker, because I think giving is uh, is the way to, is the way to happiness. You know, not getting. 
I would say, yeah, giving is definitely the way to happiness. And I think, I think it's a, a, a cultural thing uh, in Zim where I think, I don't know, this might be a bit uh, controversial, but uh, controversy is not a bad thing to debate yeah, and to yeah. challenge ideas and thoughts. I think maybe in the past and still present, uh, the leader is looked to be served by mm. the people instead of the, the mindset of leadership serving the people. So instead mm. of the mm. people serving the leader, the leader must, must serve, serve the, people. Yeah. the people. And I'm mm. not talking about country, I'm talking about individuals mm. in your in your business, in your in your sport, in your team. Your home. Um, yeah, mm. so how am I serving? How am I giving? Um, well, through rugby, it's as we know with the cheetahs, it's it's unpaid at the moment. Um, so I'm happy to give of my knowledge, give of my time, um, and and you know help the players develop. We have an academy where we train. Uh, it's an open open academy um, where guys come and we upskill them. So it's not just the national team, um, and help them become better people, better athletes, better players. Um, so yeah, that yeah giving giving in rugby. Um, obviously business, uh, trying to give as much as I can in terms of leadership uh, to my team um, and the skills that I may have picked up that they might may find valuable. Um, but yeah, I think there's such joy and, and happiness in giving and giving without an expectation of getting. That's the key. Mm. Just mm. give to give, you know, not for anything else. That's amazing. Graham, very happy to have you on the program. Before you go, I know that there's a young man, there's a parent in the car, there's a young lady in the car who's pursuing a career in sports. Graham, tell us, how can a family, a parent or an individual help build a career in sport that has longevity? So what path can they take to build their sporting career and even after their sporting career have something that they can settle down with and continue to do and have an income for their family? Because I think in Zimbabwe that's what we ultimately want to know. Well, this pays school fees, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> so, absolutely. Yeah, t tell yeah. us. Let's speak the figures. You know, how do how can someone structure their life so as to have chase their passion, but at the same time be able to retire, and even if you do something after, like you're doing yourself. Well, I, th I think going, um, you know, going back to uh, the entrepreneurial side is an entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship or um, business is most successful with the biggest problem that you solve right mm. so with so with a person out there a, a, a husband a wife a brother a sister a daughter a son out there that's wanting to get into sport and make a career out of it look look what you have what skills that you have that are that are unique or what skills you can develop in whichever sport that that you're doing and look how you can monetize that through uh, setting up an academy or coasting or hosting camps. Sport is a great thing because the value comes from the skill. There's not too much in terms of infrastructure or capital outlay that you need to start up a sporting academy or a, um, a, a holiday camp. That could be ways to get into it, you know, mm -hmm. in the sport that you are. It's your time, your skills, your, your, your um, uh, belief, your leadership, all of those that you can deliver. Obviously, you need marketing expertise um, to reach out to to get a, a client base, I suppose, of uh, of uh, youngsters. But I definitely think those are the those are the ways to go about it. Set up an academy, set up a a, a sporting clinic, and then through what I spoke about earlier, small steps leading up 
big mountains. Do those the best that you can uh, and, and see where that takes you. Wow. Graham Corbeck, thank you for being on the show. And I would have served Zimbabwe an injustice if I don't ask you this one last question. 10 years from now, when you're too old to be on the Young Money Show, um, <laughs> where will Graham Corbeck be? Where will Zimbabwe rugby be? What's your vision for that? Uh, where will I be? I, I'm super passionate about Zim, uh, Zimbabwe. My, my wife is studying veterinary at uh, the University of Zimbabwe. We are completely committed to Zimbabwe um, and, and, you know, lo love Zim, love the lifestyle, love the, uh, the people um, in Zim. And obviously we've grown up here, born and raised, so we want to be in Zim. It's, it's home. Um, mm. So what will we be doing? I do enjoy time freedom. Uh, financial freedom so something that is uh, obviously serving into the into the community whether that is through sport or, or through something else but hopefully with businesses that are self-sustaining and can free us up time to to give in, in, in other areas um, in terms of Zim rugby in 10 years from now I hope uh, that we can take the steps the small steps up the mountains uh, to be fully professional um, to have a an amazing centralized high performance space that services all the national teams um, that they're all fully paid fully professional and we are competing and winning uh, in the highest realms of world rugby that would be my my uh, my my hope and my vision for zim rugby it's the small steps and the side steps with Graham Callback on The Young Money Show. My name is Taku David and you can catch us on The Young Money Show every Wednesday at quarter past seven where we're talking to amazing young people like Graham that are changing the world one day at a time through their skills, their efforts, their sweat and their tears. I'm out. Young Mula, baby!